having a positive HPV result does not mean that your partner has had sex with someone else. You may have HPV even if you've not been sexually active or had a new partner for for many years. It, It hangs around. So don't automatically think that there's an affair going on if there is a positive result. Hello and welcome to A Doctor's View, a podcast looking at everyday health topics and life through a doctor's eyes. Please note that all opinions are my own and should not replace the advice given to you by your own doctor. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to Doctor's View. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Welcome back if you're a regular listener and warm welcome to any new listeners. For those who are new to the podcast, I'm a UK-based doctor, so my content will talk about how problems are dealt with in the UK, but hopefully it will be useful wherever you are. If you do like my content, please do subscribe to my podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I really do appreciate it. For this week's episode, I recently delved deeper into my podcast statistics, and I discovered that since the first episode, about 60% of my listeners are females, aged between 23 to 27 years old. So I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about something very important for this demographic, and that is cervical cancer. So cervical cancer has received a fair amount of publicity over the years, with a big boom in publicity when former TV celebrity Jade Goody was diagnosed with cervical cancer and sadly passed away in 2009, when she was aged only 27. And I want to discuss cervical cancer, but also I want to talk about the screening program and debunk some of the myths and fears surrounding screening for cervical cancer, as well as the importance of being checked and when you should be checked and what we're actually looking for when the screening process is done. I'll begin with talking a bit about the cancer itself. Cervical cancer develops in a woman's cervix, and this is the entrance to the womb from the vagina. It mainly affects sexually active women between 30 and 45. The symptoms, in its early stages, often there are no symptoms. The most common symptoms, however, are abnormal vaginal bleeding, and this can occur during or after sex, in between periods, or new bleeding if you've been through the menopause. Now, there are other causes of abnormal vaginal bleeding, so abnormal bleeding does not necessarily mean that you have cervical cancer, but you should see a GP or your healthcare practitioner as soon as possible to get checked out. If your GP thinks you may have this or you may be um, at risk of this, you'll likely be referred to see a specialist within two weeks. What is cervical cancer? Well, almost all cases of cervical cancer are caused by HPV, and that is a human papillomavirus. This is a very common virus that can be passed through any type of sexual contact with a man or a woman. And there are over 100 types of HPV, many of which are harmless, but some can cause abnormal changes to the cells of the cervix, which can eventually lead to a cervical cancer. Now, HPV often doesn't have any symptoms, so women won't realise that they have it. And these infections are very common, and most women who do have them do not go on to develop cervical cancer, but it is a risk factor. Using condoms does offer some protection against HPV, but it can't always prevent infection because the virus is also spread through skin-to-skin contact as well of the wider genital area. And the HPV vaccine has been introduced since 2008, and this is offered routinely to girls between the age of 12 and 13. But just because you've had the vaccine doesn't mean that you can't or won't get cervical cancer, but it does help protect against it. 
you are still at risk of cervical cancer, like I say, if you've had the HPV vaccine, but also you've only had one sexual partner. You can get HPV the first time that you're sexually active. If you've had the same partner or not had sex for a long time, you can have HPV for a long time without knowing it. Lesbian, bisexual uh, partners, you're still at risk if you've had any sexual contact whatsoever. If you're a trans man with a cervix, again, you're still at risk. As long as the cervix is still there, you are still at risk. Even if you've had a partial hysterectomy, whereby the uterus has been removed, but the the cervix is still in place, you are, again, still at risk of cervical cancer. In terms of treatment, if cervical cancer is diagnosed at an early stage, usually some surgical treatment can be offered. And in some cases, it's even possible to leave the womb, the uterus, in place, but the cervix may need to be removed. And the, the surgical procedure to remove the, the womb in its entirety is called a hysterectomy. There's other options as well, things like radiotherapy, and this can be offered to some women with early stage cervical cancer. And in some, state, in some cases, sorry, it's used alongside surgery or chemotherapy, and sometimes even both. Some of the treatments can have long-lasting and significant side effects, and these can include early menopause and infertility. So with this in mind, the best way to treat something is to actually prevent it from happening in the first place. And the best way to protect yourself from cervical cancer is by attending cervical screening. This is previously known as a smear test. And in the UK, the NHS cervical screening program invites all women aged between 25 to 64 to attend cervical screening. Women aged between 25 and 49 are offered screening every three years. And those aged between 50 to 64 are offered screening every five years. So what happens during this screening process? During the screening, a small sample of cells is taken from the cervix with a soft brush and it's checked under a microscope for abnormalities. The test itself actually only takes about five minutes and the whole appointment should only last around 10 minutes. It's usually carried out by a, a female nurse or a female doctor. And finding the cell changes early means they can be monitored or treated. So this means that those cells don't get the chance to turn into cervical cancer. So what you're looking for is, is a change in the cells of the cervix. That, that's the, the key thing here. So in some areas, the screening sample is first checked for HPV. And this is the virus that can cause the abnormal cells. It's important to note, however, an abnormal screening doesn't necessarily mean that you definitely have cancer. Most of the abnormalities detected are due to the HPV virus itself or it can be the presence of treatable precancerous cells or in some cases both rather than the actual cancer itself. So what will happen is you'll be sent a letter confirming when it's time for you to have the screening program and it's important to contact your GP if you think you may be overdue. As with everything in medicine, there's risks involved. We only do things where the risk-benefit ratio is worth it or whether it's, it's for a benefit for the patient. And like I say, with everything, there carries a risk. There are risks of cervical screening. And you may have some very light bleeding or spotting afterwards, but this should stop within a few hours afterwards. If abnormal cells are found and you do need treatment, there are also some risks such as treating cells that may have eventually gone back to normal on their own without treatment, bleeding, infection, and 
there are some rarer risks. Things like you may be more likely to have a baby early if you get pregnant in the future. But I do stress this is rare. You must see your GP if you notice heavy bleeding after the cervical screening or any bleeding after cervical screening that doesn't stop within a few hours. On balance though, the benefits do outweigh the risks and cervical screening is still the best way of preventing cervical cancer. If you're worried about the cervical screening, there are a few things that you can try that might make the test easier or better for you, a better experience. And these are very simple things, things like wearing something you can leave on during the test, like a skirt, long jumper. You can bring someone with you for support. There's some breathing exercises that can help and your nurse or doctor can can help you with that. You can ask the nurse for smaller instruments and again, they can explain that for you. And different positions as well, such as lying on your side, knees pulled up to your chest. And also things like bringing something to, le- to read or listen to. These can all help relax, relax you as a patient and they can make the experience a bit more pleasant. Like I say, it is a very short procedure and I will talk about some of the myths regarding the procedure in a little bit. So the other thing is you shouldn't feel under pressure to keep going. You can ask to stop at any time as well during the procedure and you shouldn't be embarrassed or afraid to talk to the nurse you know telling them how you feel they do understand they've seen many many women over the years and they're very experienced staff and they will offer you much support and help when you need it the results take around two weeks and your results letter should explain what will happen next It could be that you need no treatment, it could be that you need cervical screening again in a year's time, or it may be that you need a different test to look at the cervix a bit more closely, and that's known as a colposcopy. What determines what type of further management you may need depends on the result that was found. So it could be that there were no abnormal changes, or it could go to something a bit more high-grade serious that that needs further review. I do want to stress something very important, and this is listed on on, um, many websites as well that that talk about this in more detail. Having a positive HPV result does not mean that your partner has had sex with someone else. You may have HPV even if you've not been sexually active or had a new partner for for many years. It, It hangs around. So don't automatically think that there's an affair going on if there is a positive result. Now, Whilst going through some websites, I noticed that there were some myths around cervical screening. There was um, a good website that I found which which answered some of these questions, and I'll just run through some of them. Um, one of the myths was, I don't feel any discomfort, so I don't need any test. Now, this is unfortunately a myth. Most of the time, even in the early stages of, of cervical cancer, you don't get symptoms. So therefore, regular screening is required, even if you've got no symptoms. Another thing that was mentioned, that the cervical smear test is painful. You shouldn't actually feel any pain during the cervical smear test. All they need is is a small, adequate sample, and it's a gentle scraping with a soft brush on the surface of the cervix. If you relax, take deep breaths, and it will be over very, very quickly, and you shouldn't feel any pain during the procedure. If you do, you mention it to the nurse or the doctor carrying out the procedure, and they will stop and advise you and uh, see if there's any anything else that can be done to help make the procedure more easy for you. Another one, cervical smear is only for those who are still sexually active, 
I haven't had any sexual experience for a few years, so I don't need cervical smear. We've kind of touched on this as well. This is unfortunately a myth too. Cervical cancer can develop in a woman a long time after starting sexual activity. So in fact, the risk actually increases with age. And that's why even if you've just had one sexual partner, however long ago it was, you still need regular cervical screening. Another one, I have reached menopause early, so I don't need cervical screening anymore. Again, this is a myth. Menopause doesn't actually protect a woman from cervical cancer. As long as you've had sexual experience in the past, it you are still at risk of cancer. You should have regular cervical screening tests done, even if you've reached menopause. Another one that we've touched on already, and that is I've had the HPV, the human papillomavirus vaccine, so I'm protected and don't need cervical screening anymore. Again, this is a myth. Even if you've received the vaccine, it does help protect against it. This is this is true. But there's many different types of strain of the HPV virus and it can't protect against all of them. And so you are still at risk of developing cervical cancer albeit, yes, it does help protect against it, but you still need regular screening. Cervical cancer only occurs in promiscuous women and therefore only they need cervical cancer screening. Again, this is a myth. It doesn't tend to discriminate too much at all. Cervical cancer can occur in any woman who's had ever had a sexual experience, even if it's one sexual partner. And so this is why, regardless of how many um, partners have you had or how you feel about your, your sexual activity, it's still important to go for cervical screening. A few UK-based stats. In, the, in 2017 to 18, that period, there was 4.46 million women in the UK who were invited to attend cervical screening and 3.18 million were tested. So that's still 1.3 million who weren't. So I have to stress the importance of going so that any abnormal cell changes can be dealt with as if they're left untreated, they could turn into cancer. So I hope this has been a useful podcast in providing some information about cervical cancer itself, but mainly about the screening process and hopefully has convinced some listeners that the importance of accepting your invite for a screening test or ask for one if you believe you are due. Like I say, it doesn't discriminate in that just because you you feel that you have a certain sexual activity or you're of a certain age, it's still possible to develop cervical cancer. And as with the late Jade Goody, we can see that even celebrities and famous people do still get it. And thankfully, it did raise awareness to younger uh, women in their early 20s. But we're still not there yet. So please, I do urge you to ensure that you make an appointment with your GP if you haven't already done so or you haven't had your screening test done. And with that, I'll leave you. Please do subscribe and please do leave a, a review in iTunes. It really does help me out a lot. And as always, if you do have any questions about a topic that you'd like me to discuss or if you have any comments you'd like to make to me, please do email me at adoctorsview at gmail.com. I do have a website where you can get more information and also you can listen to the podcast on a different platform if you so wish and you can contact me through that website as well and that's adoctorsview.uk. As always, please look after yourselves and I'll join you again next time. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Goodbye. Goodbye.